0: Welcome to Always Andersonville, the podcast. I'm Laura. And I'm Joelle. Today, we are joined by Ed Kazmarek, co-owner of Urban Pooch Canine Life Center, located at 4501 North Ravenswood. The Canine Life Center offers a large store, daycare, cageless boarding, grooming, bathing, and massage. Ed is also the co-owner of the Urban Pooch Training and Fitness Center, located at 5400 North Damon which offers retail, training, including agility. Whether you have two legs or four, one thing is for certain, when you enter Urban Pooch, you must love dogs. Welcome, Ed. Thanks for being here. How are you today?
1: Hi, Joelle. It's very, very nice to be here, and thank you very much. I'm I'm honored to be speaking with you ladies at the podcast.
2: We're so glad to have you on, and uh, we kind of want to start out with you telling us a little bit about your background. We read that one of your former positions was as the Director of Innovation and Customer Experience at Kraft. Can you tell us more about that and what led you to open Urban Poops?
1: Yes, I, I actually moved to Chicago from New York City to work for Kraft Foods, and I, I worked in a variety of positions. At first, I was Category Business Director on you know, uh, a few beloved brands like um, Oreo, Capri Sun, Maxwell House, and Trisket, among others. And um, then my career led me to become Global Director of Innovation and Emerging Technology. Mm. The, the consumer experiences was, was part of my journey there. And I, I actually then... Transition to Mondelez International when crafted the split and Mondelez was the company that Nabisco was behind And you know, I I ended up I was on an airplane 97% of the time flying around the globe and I I got to the point where I You know, I there were some times where I would wake up from a flight and I'd have to think about where what country I was about to step into And I ended up getting high blood pressure. I ended up gaining, you know, like 30 pounds. And my husband and I, Dan, we had, you know, talked in some financial planning about what we would do when we retired. And at that time, we had our our Welsh Terrier, Berwyn, who um, totally changed our life. And while we were running around like to five different places, getting him food, going to the vet, you know, and everything we said, you know, we couldn't we just do like this a little bit better and a little bit bigger and put it all together. And um, so originally we were going to do that when we retired. And Dan said, why, why wait? He was, he was in the news business and he was pretty much ready to leave. So we, we embarked in 2007 in creating a business plan, and I stayed, you know, in my corporate job. And, you know, through the through the years, it, it took us a little bit to get funding because it was during our economic collapse. So it was probably the hardest mm-hmm. time to get funding, and we we had gone back and forth, and finally, the eighth bank that we approached, it was Chase, they had they had funded us and we we opened Urban Pooch Canine Life Center in 2010. And then the, um, the we basically ran out of room to train, so then um, a little over three years ago, we opened up the Urban Pooch Training and Fitness Center, which is only 1.3 miles across Damon Avenue from the other location.
0: And what were you doing in New York before you made your way to Chicago?
1: Yes, I, I, I've had a very interesting career among, you know, some some very different places. I, I, um, I was working for an ad agency that was part of um, IPG called the Sloan Group, and I was working on Virgin Mobile, which was um, one of my big accounts, as well as the Meadowlands. And then I also had worked for DoubleClick, In digital marketing as director of marketing for their media division and I also worked for the as VP of marketing for the Interactive Advertising Bureau and you know interestingly enough when I was in New York I also was working with a business partner we had started a small company called Good Books Publishing and we had actually created a book called NYC Pet Project a collection of portraits and letters from the heart where um, we photographed people in New York and the surrounding boroughs in you know, their setting, whether it was home or a favorite place or a favorite monument. And then everyone wrote a letter to their pet. So you know, we, we had about 30 celebrities in there. And I actually became very good friends with Ruma McClanahan, Blanche from the Golden oh, Girls, <laughs> while I was doing that. So if you look at her autobiography, you'll see that I'm mentioned in the foreword. Okay. Because I, I helped her with technology. She did not know how to use the computer. So that that's how she basically wrote her book. And, um, but it, you know, New York City, I thought I was going to live there forever and when I got a job offer in Chicago, I turned down the first one, and but then it then Chicago came up again. So that was my message from the universe <laughs> that it was time to leave, and you know, and that's what brought me here to Chicago for craft.
0: And what brought you to this particular area in the kind of Ravenswood, Andersonville area?
1: Sure. So so my husband Dan init- initially lived in Edgewater Glen. When, and I, when I moved, I moved to Lakeview right from New York City, and I was there just in a rental for about a year. And, you know, Andersonville just felt to me like the perfect Chicago neighborhood. It was clean, it was safe, and it had so much character that... Um, You know, it's so funny. You walk into an area and you're like, you know what? This is where I want to live. And it is one. We live in Andersonville now at the very beginning of Andersonville on um, West Victoria Street near Gethsemane. And I could not be happier. I never want to leave Andersonville. Mm -hmm. It is. And, you know, making the transition from New York City to Chicago, I just feel like I struck gold. Because your money goes so much further, and um, you know, one of the the things that I have is I actually have a laundry room when in New York City, you just never have room for a washer and dryer in your you know, in your apartment. And it's just everything is just so much better in Chicago. and i I think Chicago offers everything that New York City does. And I just think Andersonville is like a little melting pot of everything that makes Chicago grand. And that's why we love it so much.
2: What a great description. I would love to actually get you, Ed, and Michael Bransford in a room to talk about the New York Mm -hmm. City to Andersonville transition. (laughs) I think it would be really fascinating. But um, we really love hearing that about this neighborhood. You really can find absolutely
0: everything here. So, I mean, there's a lot to cover about dogs, <laughs> um, but maybe we could talk about training in general. And do you have a particular method or philosophy by which you train dogs? And maybe um, what are the three most common reasons dog owners come to you?
1: Sure. It, you know, definitely the, the one thing that we believe strongest in is positive reinforcement. We don't believe that dog training should be done with any negative type of means at all. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because traditionally people will sign up for a six week obedience class and then they're, you know, say it's on a Tuesday night and they're expected to come for six Tuesdays in a row. Well, what we found as, you know, we started up three years ago is that, you know, a lot of times life gets in the way and suddenly you can only make five out of the six times and then you're paying for a makeup. So... You know, my, my whole innovation career always comes in with our business because I always want to be innovating and doing something bigger and better that hasn't ever been done. So what we did is we sort of turned everything are, are upside down and we developed what's called urban pooch levels. So people buy into like a gym membership for obedience training and every dog starts at level one and they go from level one to level five. And if a dog has other experience, they may come in at level one, and in one week go up to level two. But the, the beauty of the gym membership is that we may have 10 classes at that particular level each week at different days and times. So you can come whatever time you want, and as many times, so instead of worrying about practicing at home, you can just come to another class. Mm-hmm. And because the, the biggest challenge with dog training is following up and reinforcing with your dog the behavior that you're learning. And you know what happens, you leave the training, you go home, and then life happens. So it, it really has become not only social for people to meet you know, other dogs and other, other parents, but it, it, what's also happened is it means better training for both the dog and the parent. Because let's face it, when we go to dog training, it's training us just as much as the dog. And, you know, I would say the, the question about, you know, what are the, the top three issues? I think, um, you know, it's, um, you know, barking at other dogs or barking at people. It's um, on-leash aggression you know, that everything is perfect except when the dog's on a leash with the owner, they turn into the protector. And, you know, sometimes they become the savage, you know, the savage beast. And I'm using the air quotes for that. And then um, the other one is, you know, my dog has a lot of anxiety. Mm -hmm. And it, you know, and and I'll throw another one in there is puppyhood. You know, and, and we start puppies out very early. We have, when puppies are 8 weeks to 16 weeks, they can come for puppy playtime on Saturday morning, and it just teaches them some initial behavior, but it's a lot of a fun time social.
2: My uh, neighbor dog, Ashland, actually was in puppy playtime recently <laughs> um, at Urban Pooch, so they oh, walked down wonderful.
1: there. Can I tell you, there is nothing more joyous than being with 15 puppies <laughs> where the only thing on their mind is to have fun. It's, I mean, it's such a joy.
2: Are you inviting us there for a field trip? Oh my trip? God, totally. <laughs> you know what, Stop if you,
1: you want to come and just like sit in with the puppies, you definitely can. I would love to invite both of you.
0: So how important is it for the dog owner to understand what you're doing and to be involved?
1: It. You know, it's interesting. We used to have a program called Board and Train where the dog, where someone could pay for their dog to live with the trainer for one week, two weeks, or three weeks. But what we were finding was the biggest problem is when the dog ends that time with the trainer is even scheduling the follow-ups with the parents because in, in some ways it's, you know, it's great to do the intensive training because it's like boot camp for people. But if you don't follow up like with your dog to reinforce everything they've learned, they just fall back into the bad behavior. So we, you know, we really feel it's important. There is no quick, method to train a dog without being involved and you know the the amazing thing about dog training is when you do something with your dog it develops a stronger bond and You know we had on um, the this one couple who was doing agility training and The the one dad was doing it He wasn't the one that was closest with the dog So he wanted to do agility training to basically form a stronger relationship with his dog. And it totally transformed how close they became. And it, you know, for, for us, it's a little bit of like, it just feels like magic, you know, when that happens, like suddenly, you know, the, the dad has a stronger bond with the dog. And it was because he put the time into sure. the training and the dog, you know, enjoyed it and followed his commands.
0: Yeah. I mean, logically it makes sense, right? Like the more time you're spending with a dog or a human creature, (laughs) the closer you would get. Um, what about, so I have a friend whose dog excessively chews on every, like everything, like stuffed animals, shoes, um, furniture, legs, what would the next step be?
1: So I have to say, I'm not a dog trainer, Mm -hmm. but, um, you know the the important thing is if something like that's happening you have to give your dog another job or two and there you know there there's so many things i mean you know sometimes in that case training helps because it takes your dog and gives them some exercise of the mind and also gives them you know, some exercise of the body while they're doing training. And, you know, the, it, it also brings to mind the, the one important thing we do, which we feel is so necessary, is when someone calls us about something like that, we invite them to come in for a free 30-minute consult with Karen Okura, who's our dog behaviorist. Mm-hmm. Because, they, you know, there's nothing worse than someone calling and saying, oh, well, we'll put you in this class or you should do this, and then it doesn't work for them. Right. Because if it, you know, we want whatever you do, whether it's one time or multiple times, we want it to be the best solution for you and your your pooch. So that way when Karen does the very thorough evaluation and she meets the dog and meets the parent, you know, or even the children, then she can come back and say, okay, here's some different solutions and how they may work. And then that way, you know, I... I think, you know, using the whole consult has always led us to success, you know, which is ultimately, we're not successful unless, you know, the, the parent and the, the dog is successful.
2: And are there any new uh, programs or initiatives that you've started at Urban Pooch recently that kind of expands upon, I know you talked about the levels, yeah. but anything coming down the pipeline we should yeah, be aware Yeah, you know of?
1: what, we, um, we, we started this one class called Junior Dog, So it's meant to be like after puppy playtime and after the initial puppy class, but before they start the big obedience, because sometimes they just they're not mature enough to like go in, you know, to like real, real class. So you need a little bit of playtime, but also to start teaching them some of the basics. And then what we're what we're going to be doing this winter, we're going to actually start it fairly soon is sled pulling. You know, where we're going to teach it uses a specific harness, but we're going to teach dogs how to pull a sled. So then when the weather comes, you can basically, if you have children, your dog can pull a sled or you can even go um, you know, skiing with them. Mm -hmm. So it, you know, and we're we're constantly Karen O'Kura, who's our dog behaviorist is also our head of curriculum development. So, because you know, we always want to be creating that next class. And one class that we created about, I would say, eight months ago, is Charm School, Urban Pooch Charm School. And you know, we we have reactive dog class, which is when a dog is really reactive. But sometimes a dog has some reactivity, but it's not like. You know, to strength of level 10. So, Charm School is for those dogs, and it really, really has made a difference, you know, in their lives and in the parents' lives.
0: So we could maybe get a dog who's been trained to pull a sled and has gone through charm school to deliver our neighborhood guides. Yes.
1: Okay. I I was even
2: thinking, you know, to take people around during the holidays, but you know
1: (laughs)
0: you never know. (laughs) All these possibilities. So it could
1: be in addition to the wonderful trolley that Andersonville does. Yes.
0: (laughs) That's too funny. Well, Ed, we recently had Sharon Howerton on from the Chicago Uptown Lions, and um, she has a service animal and spoke to dog etiquette surrounding service animals. Can you speak to dog etiquette in general, given that we live in such a dog-friendly area?
1: Oh, definitely. It, um, you know, I, I think the, the most important thing about dog etiquette is when your dog is with you, one, they should be on a leash, no matter how well-trained they are, it's important to remember that dogs are animals, and if something like a squirrel comes running across their way, instinctually they could just run after it and could get, you know, killed by a car or something, so it's, and it's the law of Chicago to have your dog on leash at all times, but also pay attention to your dog when you have them and I know you know we're we're the cell phone the mobile phone generation and it's so easy you know when you have your dog to be on your phone and it's almost like we ignore them we have to remember your dog loves your attention they want to connect with you they want to make you happy and you know if if anything I've learned over the years as a business owner is to live in the moment more and not be so caught up with the future. It's fine to do a little strategic planning, but if you know, so many of us just don't like get in the moment, let your dog help you live in the moment and see what they see. Go on. I always, when I take my dog for a walk, I'm like, let's go on our little adventure. Because, you know, I mean, when you see everything they smell. I mean, my dog, I can see him smelling like an, an individual leave. You know, God knows what's on it or who peed on it, but it's just very, very funny. And then, but especially at dog parks, because normally at dog parks, what we've witnessed is some people who shouldn't be there, their dog may have bad behavior, may be there. And a lot of times you have to be on the lookout for the dog with bad behavior so they don't come after or attack your dog. the The dog park or the dog beach is not meant to unleash your dog and pay attention to your mobile phone and your latte. It you know so and it, and I know that sa- that sounds a little firm, but it's definitely like when you're with your dog, enjoy your time together. You know and and just enjoy you know the time. I mean, sure you can take pictures of your dog, but at least you're paying attention to your dog. And I I honestly think that is like the key most important thing where, where we see the most damage happening is when people just aren't paying attention. And you, you want to make sure that your dog's always on good behavior. And if your dog gets aggressive on the leash, well, then just, you know, try and avoid the other dogs, you know, or walk the other way so you don't have you know, that issue pop up. I mean, because no one knows your dog better than you do. And, you know, so that would be my, hopefully that's enough of a recommendation. Oh, absolutely, oh. yeah.
2: Um, and I'm just curious to learn a little bit more about your dog, Berwyn. So I know you guys lovingly call him the CEO of Urban Pooch. <laughs> Can you tell our listeners what type of dog is Berwyn? We'll have a photo of Berwyn in the podcast notes. But... <laughs>
1: sure. Berwyn is a Welsh Terrier and, and he is now eleven years old. And we got him as a puppy, um, eight weeks old, from an Amish farmer in central Illinois. So we went down, and this Amish farmer just happens to, manu- you know make sheds for farmers. Mm. So when we went to pick him up, the you know, the children were tilling the soil in the field, and they brought, you know, we met the mom and dad, because they, they do a litter every year, and they brought all the puppies up in a laundry basket. And Berwin was the one that was jumping out of the basket. And you know, they always tell you when you go to look for a puppy, turn the puppy on its back and make sure it's okay being on its back rubbing the belly. Well, we met all these puppies. And Berwin would not lay on his back, oh, no, but it no. was clear he was the one with the most personality. And we, there was another dog, you know, that came up to us and, you know, would pass that test. And Dan said to me, oh, he said, "Like, what about this one? He's, you know, he does what he's supposed to." And I'm like, "Oh my god!" But this one has so much personality. We got to take him, and we did. And. Um, you know, I mean, he's the one that led us, you know, to going to doggy daycares and trying everything out. And, you know, it, it just really opened our eyes to like a whole different world. And, you know, when we, when we went to his doggy daycare when he was a puppy, we would go in there and we'd see all of these little eyes looking up at us. And we're like, oh my God, all the, and you could feel that love. I mean, when, when you walk into a daycare room or, or greet any of these puppies, like all they want to do is shower you with love. And you know, how many people can say like, you're in the business of love Yeah. and it, you know, it, it really, it really made us think like, you know, sure. It's a, you know, we thought it was going to be a good business. But it's also business like you can feel good about, like you're helping to nurture love. And, you know, because I am a firm believer that love can conquer everything. Like if someone's mean to you, just pretend you have like a superpower and go like (laughs) and hit them with a little bit of love. Yeah. And suddenly they're, you know, whatever is not there anymore. You know, and you can usually, if you throw a little love at something, you can get almost everyone to smile.
0: Well, we can definitely feel the love um, in the pictures that we have in our 2018-19 <laughs> Neighborhood Guide with you and Berwyn. Can you tell us a little bit about what that experience was like?
1: Oh my God, it was a great experience and kudos to you ladies and Joelle for for pushing us to try, you know, something that was, was untested and it you know it really you know we're all about you know the one page ad and you know putting your logo and everything on it but it you know it really one the photographer was amazing in just capturing you know the the essence of of what makes you know urban pooch training and fitness center so special and just even you know berwin still to this day at 11 does agility because he just loves running and um you know it it just really was a great experience capturing you know something about the business that may not have ever been conveyed in a traditional ad and it was you know it was just fun it was, it was a lot of fun. I can't wait to do it again next year. Yeah, it
2: was, it was fascinating watching Bruin jump through the hoop, go up the ramp, over the hurdles, and it just was a really natural environment for, for you, Ed, and for him. Yeah. And uh, it was really great to see. And I do think Mike captured those photos brilliantly.
1: Definitely. It's funny because in agility, you know, it's all about the dog paying attention to the parent, but it's so easy for me. I'm very uncoordinated. So if I make a mistake... Birdwin will stop in his tracks and start barking at me, you know, as if, you know, just to point out, like I made a mistake and I didn't tell him, you know, the right way to turn, but it's fun. It's a lot of fun.
0: Well, we're now we're at the point when we ask, um, which Andersonville business would you want to trade places with for a day and why? And we recently had your good friend, Michael Plagman on, um, from American Family Insurance and he chose you during his recording. Ah, So ah.
2: No pressure. <laughs> no pressure. Um, but any any can one I pick or two? two? Yeah. Yes, of course. you can pick two. Okay. Yeah.
1: So one would be Roost, um, at the at the the one edge of Andersonville, and it's because we have just used so many reclaimed artifacts, you know, to be in our stores, you know, as the merchandising because we're we're so much into reclaiming and just having a piece of the neighborhood and everything in our stores. And I just, you know, I could spend my entire life looking for reclaimed fun stuff and artifacts. And the other one would be Octavio. Mm. And, you know, I would love to do it not for the headaches of owning a restaurant, (laughs) but just for the fun and the social of saying hello to everyone and seeing how their meal was. And of course, fixing any challenges. But I just think it would be so much fun. And I, I love the fact that Octavio has, you know, that building has so much history in it. And, you know, as long as I've been in Andersonville for these 13 years, I've been to every restaurant that's been in that space, you know, and all the way back to Charlie's Ale House. Sure. So it's a, we it's talk a about lot, that a lot. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. And
2: it's yeah. such a beautiful interior. They really made both of those former spaces come together Amazing. brilliantly. Yeah. 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 Apparently, I like the word brilliantly today. So.
1: Brilliant. brilliant. <laughs> and you
0: were brilliant for us, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you, Ed, um, for being here. And thank you for listening to Always Andersonville, the podcast. For more information about Ed and Urban Pooch and berwin please visit urbanpooch.com. For more information about the agility and training classes, check out urbanpoochtraining.com. Show notes on today's episode can be found at andersonville.org. <laughs>
2: Always Andersonville, the podcast, is engineered and edited by Andy Miles in Studio C at Transistor, a gallery, shop, performance, recording, and teaching space located at 5224 North Clark Street. Have your own podcast idea? The studio is available to rent. Please call 872-208-5877 or stop by the store for details.